Is this why the Fed is suddenly willing to accept lower rates? I mean, that's what publicizing the Fed pivot was all about. I don't think it was an accident. They have been fighting against rates, trying to get them to go higher all year, really since last year. They've been talking higher for longer, rate hikes, inflation risk, all this while. Then suddenly, between December 1st, when Jay Powell says it's premature to talk about rate cuts, and December 13th, where he has this his press conference where he says, yes, we're talking about rate cuts, something seems to have changed. Now, there's a couple different reasons. Another one is the macro economy, where the U.S. seems to be doing okay, but we all know there are greater risks to doing okay. The soft landing might not actually come in as everyone is hoping. Greater risk to the soft landing, maybe contacts within individual Fed districts. People are talking about the economy being weaker than is actually showing up in the macroeconomic accounts that are still looking backwards. That's a possibility. But this other possibility Maybe it's a more prominent one, and it would be certainly be it would certainly help explain the sudden urgency here. And I'm talking, of course, about commercial real estate. It's a problem. We all know it's a problem. We all know it's going to continue to be a problem. But we have to wonder if maybe it has finally reached somewhat of a breaking point or the initial inflection point toward getting more and more out of control. Because up until this point, it's been sort of like stasis. It's stabilized. It's steady if not in good shape. Let me start with a quote from Green Street, who just a couple weeks ago mentioned something that I think fits in with the evidence and the clues that we're trying to put together here. This was December 6th. The rise in bond yields that occurred in September and October essentially froze the transaction market. The good news is that bonds have staged an epic rally since, and commercial and commercial property is now fairly valued versus corporate bonds. Pri property pricing may well have hit bottom. So from the Federal Reserve's perspective, you see the commercial real estate market freeze like it was doing, and there's lots of evidence for it. We'll go over some of that in just a moment. But essentially, the commercial real estate market frozen, that raises the risk of distressed sales going into a frozen market, which would produce the worst outcomes. Everybody's just kind of sitting back, waiting and hoping everything uh, works out just fine. But there's no chance of that happening if as lending dries up, as there's an inability to roll over funding, and that forces more and more uh, current distressed borrowers into just selling their properties, but there's no market to sell it into, suddenly prices don't just go down. They go down in fire sale fashion, which triggers more and more sales, distressed sales, because those who are waiting on the sidelines, just hoping everything works out, if you start seeing distressed sales come in, you no longer have the luxury of waiting. It just unleashes the tidal wave of all of the worst type of behaviors that we associate with a genuine real estate property, even banking crisis. So given what Green Street said about interest rates, Maybe the only hope to unthaw the market before the sales start to come in would be lower rates. And it might not be enough, and it might be more of a Hail Mary type. From the Federal Reserve's perspective, that would make a lot of sense about why maybe the Fed changed its mind. No, it's premature to talk about rate cuts, rate cuts to all of a sudden, yeah, we're okay with rate cuts. We're okay with rates going down. We're not even going to try to talk the market back higher. These are the kinds of investigations that we go over at Eurodollar University, especially in the deep dive analysis. And right now we're having a Christmas sale at Eurodollar University where you can get a bundle, the deep dive analysis, the daily briefing, and the memberships all at one incredibly low price. 
And really, the daily briefing gives you what's happening, the deep dive analysis goes into why, and the memberships are the background behind everything, helping you understand the world, the financial world, the monetary world, and maybe the economic world too. So that's Eurodollar University, our Christmas sale. That's at our website, eurodollar.university. Check it out, some really good deals there. As far as the Fed perhaps discussing the commercial real estate situation, we do have some evidence for that too. It's not, it's not the, per, it's not perfect evidence, it's not absolutely, absolutely clear and unambiguous, but back at the end of November, the Fed put out its beige book and there were a couple anecdotes sprinkled in as you would expect, because that's what the beige book is, a collection of anecdotes. And some of them were suggesting that maybe there is a growing problem in commercial real estate. Again, not that it's a surprise, it would be not a surprise if it accelerated, but we're looking for, for the possibility that it has or that it might, the, the chances of it accelerating to the downside and deteriorating have gone up. And what the Fed said in the Beige Book was mostly, yeah, there's issues with commercial real estate. It's, it's kind of hanging in there, but we're still looking, we're still monitoring. But a few of the districts were a little more forthright in their concerns. One of them being Dallas. Dallas said, Dallas Fed said this in the Beige Book, Activity in commercial real estate softened. Apartment leasing slowed and rents were flat to down. Office leasing remained minimal. Vacancy rates were high and concessions remained generous with new supply outpacing demand. Industrial vacancy rates ticked up and rent growth cooled. Heightened macroeconomic uncertainty, high capital costs, and diminished appetite to lend, there it is, continue to deter investment across property types. So again, the same generalized macroeconomic weakness leading to issues in commercial real estate, pretty much all types, plus that issue about lending. That's always in the background here. The next one, Chicago. Chicago went a little bit further. Business loan demand decreased modestly and loan quality was also down with contacts highlighting struggles in the commercial real estate sector. So a little bit further along with struggles in the commercial real estate sector, conversations between the Chicago Fed staff and its leadership and those inside the district and Chicago being a pretty important district, financial district especially. So there's another one. But Atlanta, the Atlanta Fed, they're the ones that went the furthest to highlight what really seems to be more than a just generic macroeconomic uncertainty or just struggles. Commercial real estate contacts reported diminishing conditions across the sector. In addition to the office segment, high-end multifamily and industrial real estate were noted areas of distress. Contacts reported concerns regarding financing as most lenders increased underwriting standards and reduced funding commitments. A growing wave of CRE loan maturities and declining asset values are significant downside risks to the CRE outlook. And that's basically the biggest fear here. Because if we have a frozen CRE market, as all of these loans come due and lenders are not lending, those who have borrowed money for these properties that have gone down in value have no choice but to sell. And if there's no market for them to sell into, prices have to absolutely plummet. And then that can trigger the wave, the tidal wave of distressed fire sales. And that's what we're trying to avoid here. Certainly that's something that's gonna be right on the top of the mind of FOMC officials who do not wanna see that spread into another banking crisis. The best chance, and it might not even be a good one, for the real estate market, commercial real estate market to unthaw would be with lower rates, some accommodation as the Federal Reserve might call it. It's not actually that, but in this case, they're hoping that lower rates might unthaw the market. 
we do have some data that shows that commercial real estate lending has frozen just like as has been reported here. From the Federal Reserve's own statistics, the H8 commercial banking data, you look at the commercial real estate lending, what you see is that right after August 23rd, right as the September effect in the bond market, the sell-off, rising interest rates really started to get going into September, commercial real estate lending didn't crash, didn't, didn't fall, but it flattened out, which again, that's consistent with everything we're hearing about a frozen real estate, a commercial real estate market. We also see a modest increase in commercial real estate since the week of October 25th. Though so that's as rates are going down, there's been a little bit more commercial real estate loan volumes going into the system. So like Green Street had said, there is some basis to think that maybe rates going up, that was bad, rates coming down, there's some hope. And the Fed might just grab onto that hope before it gets to that breaking point situation. Now, the Atlanta Fed mentioned high-end family, multifamily real estate loans. And that's where a lot of the distress actually seems to be showing up. Now, we all know about office towers. There's going to be a shakeout there. But it might be actually multifamily financing where the biggest problems in commercial real estate currently reside, pun intended. And that's because of, well, a lot of different factors, but mostly... The artificiality and all the stupid assumptions that were made in 2021 heading into 2022. There was tons of money pouring into the space because everyone was convinced the dollar was going to be destroyed and you better find some angle into property, real investments to protect yourself from the looming dollar destruction. And multifamily, the multifamily apartment space seemed to be a logical place for it for a couple of reasons. Not only is it real property, but also there seemed to be tremendous fundamental opportunity. Because during 2021, as the CARES Act money was being thrown in, as the, what was the, the next one after that, the, the helicopter payments were being leveled into the economy, there was demand for apartments. There was a surge in rents. And it was often quite substantial. I'm going to refer to a podcast interview, Bloomberg's Odd Lots, with Joe Wiesenthal and Tracy Alloway. They had a tremendous uh, interview with a fellow by the name of Lee Everett, who's the vice president of research and strategy at Waterton. This is December 7th, so just a couple weeks ago, who quoted some eye-opening statistics, which is what we're really interested in here. But the whole conversation was a good one. If you want the background behind commercial real estate, especially as it relates to multifamily and apartment Apartments, I highly recommend you check this out. This is Bloomberg's Odd Lots from December 7th with Lee Everett. And what he said was about the, the initial assumptions, basically the, this, the entire marketplace went crazy in 2021. I tend to think that we are going to end up seeing the 21-22 vintages, which was the largest transaction volume years on record for multifamily by huge amounts, end up one of the worst vintages in the history of our industry. In 2021, in the fourth quarter alone, over $150 billion in apartments transacted. Over the course of the year 2021, over 300, almost $400 billion transacted. To put that in perspective, the previous high in 2019 was under $190 billion for an entire year. So capital came into the space like we've never seen before. And we all know how that works out. When you have these artificial periods with risk-taking gone through the roof, it doesn't end well. We know that. This is history has shown that, especially when it comes to real estate. But like every other bubble, everybody had convinced themselves the fundamentals were positive. 
that rents were surging at 20, 30% in some places, and everybody were convinced that rates would that rents would continue to go higher. And as rents continued to increase year after year after year, that would allow you to absorb higher interest rates too. It was, it was expected that, that, in, that rental price surge would continue into the future and cover all the downside. Now there's more to the more complicated, more complications to the story. There's more angles to it, but essentially that was the big problem. Everybody assumed 2021 was a new permanent plateau of prosperity, inflationary prosperity, and it didn't last very long at all. And almost straight away in 2022, it began to reverse not because of rate hikes, but because the economy tumbled. Once oil prices surged in March of 2022, that was lights out. And ever since then, property prices have been coming down, rents have been not coming down, but the rental increases, and I'm not talking about this, what's in the CPI, but actual rental increases, there's evidence that some rents are actually declining in some places, but they're, they're no longer increasing at the rate that property owners need for them to absorb higher costs. So now they're, they're upside down on all the fundamentals. They're upside down on the financing, which most of these were financed with short-term bridge loans. Uh, it's just a complete and utter mess. So back to Mr. Everett here. This is the interesting part. So you have a massive bid-ask spread still in the market today. That's why transaction volume, I gave those huge numbers before, last quarter transaction volume was only 30 billion, which is almost as low as it was at the bottom of the pandemic. So again, more evidence that the commercial real estate market, in particular for apartments and multifamily, has indeed frozen. And if there's even the, the inkling that distressed sales are going to have to start happening because the, the banking system does not want to refinance some of these loans. If there is no market for these properties, it leads to major problems, not just in commercial real estate, not just for those left holding the bag of commercial real estate. As we all know, regional banks are highly exposed to this situation. And as you have distressed sales in a market where there is no market, Prices adjust very quickly. They have to. And as prices go down in fire sale fashion, that isn't just a problem for those who are selling or those who are taking over the properties. It's a problem for the entire industry. Fire sales get transmitted into all parts of the banking system, the financial system in a variety of ways. As I said, those who are hanging on the edge precariously, waiting for the situation to fix itself magically, you start seeing fire sales, you, you tend to be pushed into them, or if you don't jump yourself, get to the exit as soon as you possibly can. And more, when you have more fire sales, more distressed sales coming on at the same time, the exits get narrower and narrower and narrower, and it leads to this self-reinforcing vicious cycle that the Fed, as a domestic bank regulator, has every interest in avoiding. So we know that's the background. The question is, has it gotten to be serious enough? And has it gotten to be serious enough over the last couple of weeks where it would convince someone like Jay Powell or some of the other hawks on the committee to very publicly admit they're talking about rate cuts, to very publicly, almost explicitly embrace lower interest rates. If you're hoping that lower interest rates are the salvation for the commercial real estate sector and the only one, maybe the only one, even if it's a long shot, you would abruptly change from being hawkish 
to being incredibly dovish. The questions are, will it work? Is it enough? Are we, is it gone too far already? Those are what we can't answer right now, but that's the potential risk. That's the potential implication if the Fed has indeed pivoted or embraced lower interest rates because of what's happening in CRA. What we do know is that volumes, the markets dried up pretty substantially, and that raises the chances a lot of getting into the worst situation. That is the absolute, absolute precursor stage to something like that would unleash a property CRE banking crisis 2.0 here. So rather than fighting lower interest rates, rather than fighting the markets, the Fed has embraced them. Why? That's the big question here. And of course, we can't really answer that right now. But the risks are commercial real estate. The risks are the economy in the United States. The risks are the economy outside the United States. And oh, by the way, commercial real estate is absolutely a problem in other parts around the world. It's actually a bigger problem in Europe. And as we know, the Chinese are not exactly having a good time with their property sector either. So it's not just one place or another. The bigger question, the overriding question beyond the Fed pivot, why now with the Fed pivot, is why are interest rates already heading lower? Why, are they been, why have they been heading lower for the last couple months here? And why are they still going lower so far and so fast? Something is spooking the market. And maybe, just maybe, that same something has even spooked the Fed. Once the Federal Reserve publicized its pivot potential, rates really got going last week. They dropped substantially. We're talking bond rates, yields, forward rates, all of that stuff. And that's the video link below me here. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Check out Eurodollar University's Christmas sale. If you are a member or a subscriber, I cannot thank you enough. Until next time, take care.